Hey MVCC, I want to share something with you that I'm real excited about. God has made a way for us to continue to build on the future of souls and people here in our community. As you know, we have been meeting outdoors, which has been really cool during the summertime uh, for Sunday morning services, but we're anxiously awaiting to go back into the, into the main building in our worship center. So God has provided a way financially for us to do a makeover on the interior of our worship center. The desire for this is it's just time for a makeover and with everything going on in society and moving back into a building we want it to be safe and secure and uh, comfortable enough for you to bring your friends to one of our services at Missionville Christian Church. So we're redoing all the flooring, getting new chairs, painting, some lighting, the sound system and so uh, after 21 years of waiting for uh, a renovation we're excited. Uh, we're probably talking about the you know uh, end of November before this is done, but I just want to say first of all thank you so much because faithful, generous giving allows us to do these things to keep moving forward and keep planning for the future. I want to ask secondly that please keep MVCC in your prayer. We want to keep moving for the gospel of Jesus Christ and discipling people who can disciple others. So um, and third, we really want you to participate in worship and bring somebody with you. So we wait with anticipation. We'll give you more information soon, but. Just want to let you know this is happening, we're excited, and uh, we're all jumping on board together. Good morning, MVCC. We are overjoyed to have you here with us this morning for the Sunday service. If you're new with us here today, we want to get in touch with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen so we can get connected. Here at MVCC, we are a church that prays together, worships together, and serves together. If you want to get connected and involved with serving, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen. We're going to move into a time of worship here this morning, so please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this awesome time. Stay. 
wide open I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open I will climb this mountain with my hands
As we conclude the music portion of our service this morning, we want to continue to worship by giving. We try to make this as easy as possible, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We're so excited to hear what God has to say, so let's jump right into the Word. Hey, welcome to NBCC. So glad we could be together around the Word this morning. Uh, we're in the middle of a series which God put on my heart called Waymaker, and I just it was just bursting out of my heart about the fact that God can always make a way no matter what situation we find ourselves in. God truly is the Waymaker. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment, but I did want to just make mention, I'm very excited to announce that uh, God has brought to us a full-time youth pastor uh, joining our team. Uh, he'll be responsible for junior high, high school, and young adults age groups our student ministries, and I am just so excited because we put so much emphasis on young people. We just believe this next generation coming up behind us is so important that we 
uh, bring them to Christ and disciple them and teach them to walk in the ways of God. But I do want to say one thing. We had a member of our staff, one of our pastors, Robert Jenkins, who uh, we went out, uh, we were without a youth pastor for about a year, and uh, he stepped in and said, you know what, I'll lead. I'll take care of uh, the young people. And he just jumped in there and led, and he's just an amazing guy. I just want to say thank you on behalf of MVCC to Robert Jenkins, Pastor Robert on staff with us. And uh, just so glad, man, you did a great job hanging in there and keeping the student ministries going. Well, I'm always intrigued with people who are able to make a way, people who are trendsetters, people who are willing to do something, what we call, you know, outside the box. People are willing to take a chance, take a risk, and do something different that God is calling them to do. That's why I was gravitated to Isaiah. It's our anchor text, Isaiah chapter 43, throughout this series, verse 19. And God says to Israel these words, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. And I just love that verse because I know that was a specific promise in the context of Old Testament times, but I believe the principle is still the same, that God is doing a new thing. He's birthing something new. And I just believe that, you know, by faith we step into it and we can see the reality of God wants to do. But it requires us to be totally committed. And I want to talk today about being a generous giver in Jesus Christ and God using that generous heart to make a way into somebody else's life. I think about, you know, in the Bible, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a guy who was completely committed, completely devoted to Jesus Christ and the gospel. In fact, he was the way maker for Jesus to start his three-year ministry. In fact, he was the one that baptized Jesus. I mean, what an amazing privilege. And then we have a guy, not just John the Baptist, but we have a guy who was paralyzed uh, down the street from where Jesus was doing a uh, teaching, and four of his friends decide to get him and bring him to Jesus because they knew that Jesus was the ma way maker. He could heal this guy, and they thought, man, if we just get him to Jesus, he can do this miracle. So they get there, and there's crowds of people, and they just can't make a way in. So they decide to go up, and just crazy, go up on the roof, down through the roof. They start peeling away the roof and drop him right where Jesus is, ever so gently, and the first thing Jesus says to him is, Son, your sins are forgiven. I, I just love that because the most important thing to God is our soul. Where we're going to spend eternity, that's the most important thing. And of course, right at that moment, Jesus does a miracle. He lifts up the paralyzed man, and the man's completely 100% healed to show that Jesus is the Messiah. Why I make reference to that is without those four friends, he wouldn't have got to Jesus. Without John the Baptist, there wouldn't have been a baptism. There wouldn't have been the preaching of the word and people getting right with God when Jesus appears on the scene for his three-year ministry. My story basically is that um, I came to Christ when I was 18 years old, and I would call myself kind of a, I was a professional sinner. I didn't grow up in the church, didn't grow up with God or anything, so I just was on my, life, my own uh, track for life, just kind of did whatever I wanted to do. Well, I, after I got saved, I was invited, in fact, in the high school ministry at the time to Missionville Christian Church. There was a youth pastor on staff here, and uh, he just immediately gravitated toward me. We just, he just said, you know, I want to help you walk with Christ. So he taught me the Bible. He hung out. Um, he let me hang out with him and his house, and he just spent time with me. He poured his life into me, and what I saw was this generous heart that was always giving and giving and giving and giving. 
Well, I asked myself after a few months of hanging out with him and coming to church and Bible studies and all these high school kids and junior high kids that he was in charge of, how does the church do this? And come to find out that through the generous giving of people, we're able to have a staff of pastors that equip others to disciple others, to bring others to Christ and help students walk with him. It all comes from a generous heart. And so giving really should not be a controversial thing. Whenever we talk about, you know, giving finances and money and giving our very best, it always is amazing to me why that's so controversial. I don't think it should be. The fact that we've given our lives to Jesus Christ and he gave his very best to us. I mean, God is a generous God. Um, It's just something we naturally do. We just give back to God everything we are, everything we have. We just turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, you can use it for your glory. So in regards to managing the stuff that he's given us, we want to manage well. We want to be generous with what God has given us. And I found that waymakers are the ones that are the most generous people. Whatever I have, it's yours. Whatever whatever I work for, it's yours. And they're just generous. Um, The fact is, most of us don't think we are really rich, wealthy, monetarily, in our culture. But according to the world's economy, We really are rich. Fact is, um, half of the world lives on $2 a day. Um, The top reason for divorce in America, one of the top three reasons, is because of finances. Um, If you own a vehicle, you are among the 99% of the most wealthy people on the face of the earth. In fact, one out of the six verses throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, Jesus talked about money. So we should be talking about it. We want to manage well. And most of all, my hope, my one hope, is that we would develop this generous heart that Jesus had. Um, Let me just kind of paint a scenario, and then I want to get into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have your New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to be in verses 6 through 11. Let me just um, paint a a picture for us. Um, You decide you're uh, going to go out to eat with some friends. You pass six restaurants on the way, and you get to the restaurant that you want to, you know, you've just picked out the one that's just best for you. You sit down, um, someone comes up and asks you what you'd like to eat. I mean, they actually ask you to choose from the menu. You get to choose whatever you want to eat. Someone in the very back kitchen actually prepares the food for you. You don't have to do anything. Um, You don't have to catch the meal. You don't have to prepare the meal. Somebody did all that for you. Um, You actually give back your plate. They wash the plate. Um, They do the dishes for you. Um, Then you drive home. And as you drive home, um, you push the button on your uh, visor in your car, and it opens up the garage door. You go into your refrigerator uh, in your house, and you pull out your very best friends, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, I only painted that to say that all of that I just said is not wrong. It's just the fact that I think we get into such a mindset of everything is conditioned for me, for my comfort. It's very easy to lose sight of the fact that God desires for you and I to live this generous life where we not only take care of the needs of the ones that we love, but we also give to others. So um, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is kind of just an interesting background study here. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian church. There were people who were Christians at that time, and there were churches throughout that area. And the churches basically there um, had a problem. And uh, the problem was, is that so many people were coming to the Lord in that area, 
that they had previously work in, work, had worked in the temple. Well, the Sadducees, the Jewish leaders of that day, were in charge of the jobs of that temple and paying people. Well, when the Sadducees, who didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they began to fire all the people that were working for the temple. We're talking like thousands of people. So Christians were losing their jobs. The economy was slipping. And so Paul writes this letter to the believers in another area. I want you to be generous and take up offerings in your church because we're going to give it to those that are in need. And so that's really what's happening here in this ninth chapter. As I read this, it all fit together here. So Paul says this in verse 6, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I, I just, I love the way Paul, the writer of here, puts this together. Basically, there are biblical principles. If we hold on to everything, then we will not receive back. But if we're generously giving back, we always get blessed back. Now, that might not be monetarily, or it might be monetarily. But God is in charge of always giving back, and we trust Him for that. I, I just um, thought this, I, I, I read this in a book, and I thought this was... Um, very, very simple and to the point here about we kind of have a cycle in our society. Generally, we are not givers. I think we would probably all agree on that. And this is what we're going to call the old cycle. Um, God supplies all of our needs in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. We basically are consumers, we would agree, in our Western culture in the United States. And what happens is we spend, 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 spend on things that we don't really need, but things that we really want. And then what happens is we start lacking. We overspend, we get in debt, and then we start to get fearful, and then we start consuming more, and it becomes this vicious cycle. And, and what we want to do is we want to break the cycle. And so the first thing that we want to come to grips with is, out of this text, is that generosity, when we're generous, when we choose to be generous, it teaches us to put God first. It actually teaches us to put God first. Um, I remember a time that uh, my wife and I, we were just newly married. We uh, had gone to the grocery store. This was like a week after we got back from our honeymoon. And in our small little one-bedroom apartment, when we didn't have anything. So we went to Ralph's grocery store. I still remember we were standing in line. We had two basketfuls, uh, shopping carts full of food and uh, mops and cleaners and just all kinds of stuff that we needed for the house. And I remember at the time they were racking all of this um, the, the final amount of the money that we we're going to have to pay for this. And I'm watching the number go up and up and up and up. And as I'm watching this number increase, I'm thinking, we're not going to have enough money. At the end of the month, we are going to run out. But I remember standing in line. It was the first time we went shopping together. I remember my wife and I looking at each other, and we decided at that moment we were going to trust God and give Him our very best. We were not going to panic. We were not going to fear. We were not going to hold back our generosity from 
uh, giving to him monetarily. We were just going to keep God first and trust him. And can I just say that I am so glad that God prompted us to make that decision because I look back on that decision that we decided we were not going to be um, sowing sparingly, if you will. We were not going to hold back, that we were going to be generous and give God our very best right at the very top of our budget. I'm so glad that we decided to do that because I, I think at that moment of decision, it wasn't an emotional decision. It was a choice out of God's word to give our very best to him that that set a legacy in place that we had no idea that eight years later when we had children, we were going to teach them the love of Jesus Christ and they were going to have opportunity to choose to follow him, that we taught them the ways of the Lord when they were little, that they always give their very best to God right off the bat. Their first 10% goes to the Lord. And we set within our family a legacy that my hope and prayer is that our kids will carry that on with their family. And I look back on the last 33 years of our marriage, and I just think God has always taken care of us. He's always met the need, and sometimes he surpassed the need. But I just believe there's a direct correlation to generosity, and God is true to his word. He will give back. He'll take care of us. And so um, we don't want to be reluctant in our giving. We want to be generous in our giving because we want to see lives changed. That's what it's all about. I didn't realize at the time that because of the generosity of people wanting to make a way for Jesus Christ to come into a teenager's life, that I had no idea that that youth pastor had all that time on his hands to reach young people and leadership uh, qualities that he had to lead a team in youth ministry at Mission Vale Christian Church full time, because it takes time, because of the generosity he had the time to pour into others' lives. And I just think about if there wasn't generosity, I might not have the opportunity to be discipled by somebody. I think about another person at Mission Vale Christian Church where um, they were in their junior high years. And we have a ministry here called Kids Club. Basically, Kids Club is a ministry to public school students and families that um, after school in the public school system, uh, rather than students just kind of be home alone when parents are working uh, after school, uh, we provide transportation to bring them back to the church after they're finished with school, and they spend the rest of the day here uh, doing homework and games and learning Bible and all that. Well, there were two girls, twins, that got out of the vans uh, one afternoon, and one of the staff members, youth pastors on our staff, made uh, eye contact with all these junior high kids that were getting out of this van. And she struck up a conversation with these two girls. Little did those two girls know that God planted this adult in their life because they were generous in their heart for Jesus Christ. And there was financial generosity that this person on staff full time was able to spend time with those two girls, not only help them find Jesus Christ in their life, give their heart to him, but now they're both serving in ministry, serving junior high school students, and they're a part of leadership team. And it's just amazing to watch this. So my, my, my message this morning is, is so simple, and, and, and this is really what it is. Number one is, I really want to ask you to pray about generous giving. I want, to, I want you to pray about change. I want you to pray about giving back. Wherever you are with that, I really want to ask you to ask the Lord, God, how are we doing in giving? Secondly is, I want to ask you to make that change, to really step into what God wants you to step into. Like the scripture says here, God loves a cheerful giver. We decide what we want to give to God. And we're committed to that. Third, 
is that I just believe we are then to expect a blessing from God. That God gives us so many blessings when we give back to him. It's just, we can't outgive God. It's amazing. When uh, my kids were little, we, I took them to Target. This was when they were about maybe um, five and seven. And this was um, a huge time in their life when Legos was like, that was like the world to them. Everything was Legos. They were just Legos, 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 Legos everywhere. So I took them to Target and I had to get something. And they went down the toy Legos aisle. And I'm like, bad decision, letting your kids run down the aisle with these, um, all these Legos. So um, I hear them talking when I was just, you know, maybe, I don't know, 20 feet from them. And um, Jonathan picks up this little um, Lego box and it was a Star Wars thing. And he says, I really want to get this. And so he opens his Spider-Man wallet and he realizes he doesn't have enough money to buy it. Well, my older son, Michael, who's two years older than Jonathan, I heard him say, not prompted by me or mom or anything, he just said, Jonathan, I'll help you buy that. I have enough. Can I just tell you, as soon as I heard my son say that from the heart, because he was so generous, I wanted, I, I gave my older son even more. I gave him a $20 bill. I wanted to replenish and bless him even more because of his generosity to take care of his brother. And, and God gave me that word picture. I don't call it prophetic, call it like a, a moment in time. I'll never forget that moment. That, that is embedded in my mind. That that is the picture, I believe, of what God is calling us to do. And whether that's financially giving to MVCC and this is your home, I really want to encourage you to do that. We got some great things planned with our staff and discipling. We're renovating some of our building, making a way for more children when we get back into our building. But I just, broader than that, I really want to ask you to think about just living a lifestyle of generosity wherever you are. It might be down the aisle of life. Somebody's in need, and you make a decision right there. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to give. Who knows what can happen when we just step out in faith and we trust Him and His Word. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I want to pray because I believe prayer is a huge part of of what we do when we learn from the Word. And I want to encourage you to stay with me during Waymaker. And uh, we'll see you here next week. God in heaven, we just thank you so much that you have called us to give. And I thank you, God, that you gave your very best, your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I just pray and believe that you are doing something new. And I pray that we at NBCC are all on board with just living a generous lifestyle and just giving back. And I thank you, God, for the blessings that you're going to bring. And I thank you for what you're doing now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we'll see you here next week at NBCC for Waymaker.